Everybody has trials and temptations. Everybody knows heartbreak, isolation. Everybody's got worries. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Everybody knows sorrow and devastation. There we go. Good morning, and it's so good to see you, and what a wonderful way to start our service to be reminded of what a true friend we do have in the Lord Jesus. Welcome you here on this beautiful April day. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, and if you are regular folk here at Cross Timber, it's good to see you, and if you are visiting, we are glad you've chose to join us today, and we count you as our special guests, and we hope you enjoy the service as we lift up the name of the Lord through singing, through prayer, through reading the Word, and studying God's Word together. If it's your first time to visit, we have a little card in the bulletin that, um, well, I don't have one. I never have them, hardly. But it's a little tan card called the Connect Card. It's a great way to 
communicate with us. So if there are questions we can answer about the church, if you have information you'd like to know or if you want to share information with us, if you need to update phone information or email, um, you can list that on the little card and put it in our offering plate in just a moment when we pass it. Also, if there's something that we could join with you in prayer about, you can list that on the card and also drop that in the offering plate in just a, a few minutes. And it's a wonderful way for us to partner with you in prayer to see God move as we lift up those requests to Him. Let me just make a, a few things, um, highlight a few things this morning before we read from Proverbs chapter 3. And we'll start there in verse 1 in a moment. First of all, right after service today, we'll have our um, quarterly fellowship lunch. We'll enjoy um, food and fellowship together around the table. So if you are um, here, you are welcome to stay for the meal. And um, as always, um, you know, I know sometimes things happen and you forget. Maybe you didn't bring anything. Don't worry about it. Um, you can um, you can sure join in and there will be plenty um, to enjoy from uh, main dishes all the way through desserts. And that's right after our service. And then following the meal, we'll have our our quarterly business meeting. We'll have time to review and to um, look over um, things from the last quarter and look forward to the next quarter. And so if you are a member, I um, hope you'll take time to invest in that. It'll be worthwhile as we as we work together and, and see what the Lord uh, may be up to here at Cross Timber. Let me just highlight a few other things in relation to um, giving. Um, first of all, we're still um, collecting for our Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American Missions. And um, as of this morning, we're just about $1,000 short of our stated goal of $3,500. And so if, um, if you have your, your pen and your checkbook ready and are going to write that check to put us over the top, or if several people still have not given yet, um, today would be a great day to do that. All that money stays to do mission work in North America, Canada, United States, um, and Mexico. And so that's one opportunity. Also, um, some folks have asked about what is a good way to help support the relief efforts that are ongoing in Ukraine? Um, several ministries and um, relief organizations are there on the ground performing work, and one um, that you may have heard of and one that you can um, look up online and, and know that their money goes where they say it goes is Samaritan's Purse. Um, Franklin Graham has, um, has not only supported children around the world through Operation Christmas Child, but also um, through medical and food help. They have provided relief for people in, in countries that are, are struggling. And so um, directly in Ukraine, also in Poland, Samaritan's Purse has provided um, medical attention and food for the many um, refugees that are fleeing there from the conflict. And if you are interested or would like to contribute to that, um, you can um, certainly um, give through the church just Note that it's for Ukraine or Samaritan's Purse, or if you'd rather do that online, you can just go to SamaritansPurse.org, um, and you can actually give online as we help support um, those that are standing um, for those that are less fortunate. And then also another opportunity where you can help that only costs time is um, we are in need of help driving the church van um, through the month of May. Um, currently, our van route makes two stops. One is in South Fort Worth and one is in, in Crowley and we leave our house um, about 8.30. Deborah does and she usually arrives here just a little bit after 9 o'clock and um, since she will be out and I will be out most of the month of May, we are needing folks to step up and help 
drive the church van. We have one volunteer um, who said they'll, they'll take a week, so we need some others. If you are interested in that or have questions about what it may look like, you can see Deborah, and Deborah would be glad to um, fill you in and get you the information. But if we could get that taken care of um, this week or the next, that would be a big help um, during the month of May. And then lastly, men, just a reminder, um, tomorrow morning, men's breakfast is 6.30 a.m. at the Elk Diner, and we would love to see you there as we start off the week with fellowship and with prayer. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Proverbs chapter 3. So we look at the wisdom the Lord provided to his people. We'll begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse number 12. And then we'll pause and, and pray together and ask the Lord to bless our offering. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from, away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son, in whom he delights. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, in your beloved son, in whom you find delight at all times, in the name of the one who loves us with an everlasting love. And we thank you, O oh Father, for your goodness and your mercy, that you show us how much you love us through the things that you provide for us, through the ways that you teach us, and even through the discipline that you provide that's for our good. We pause this morning to thank you for the provision that you have made for us and the opportunity that we have to give of what you have given us. Your word asks for us to give the, the first fruits, the very best. And so, Lord, help us to give not only the best of our lives, but the best of what we have for you and for your glory. Help us this morning as we study your word to see the goodness of what you have provided for us, that your teachings are, are faithful, and that they will add years and peace to our lives. Lord, help us to see that your steadfast love and your faithfulness never end, that you are good, and that you're merciful. Help us to learn how to trust you more deeply with all of our heart and to not lean on our own understanding. Help us to acknowledge you in all that we do. Trust you to make our paths straight as we walk through this life. And Lord, as we walk, you I pray that you would open our eyes to the needs that are around us, for there are many. There are people that are, that are hurting. There are Peter, people that are hopeless. People that need encouragement, strengthening. People that need provisions. And Lord, help us to be found faithful in the fact that we would be generous with what we have, with our time, with our money and with our resources. Lord, help us to not be ashamed of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ, but help us to have a boldness that comes from your Holy Spirit. And that when we have opportunity, that we would speak of the hope and the truth that we have in our lives. Lord, we ask this morning you would help us to listen to your word and that you would give us understanding by your spirit. Pray that you would help us to limit distractions, to put away the thoughts and cares of the world and to worship you this morning with our hearts lifted high. Father, we ask that you would bring rain to our, our land as it's forecast that those that are suffering from drought would see relief. That grass would grow, that crops would grow, and that fires would diminish. But Lord, more importantly, we ask that you would rain down the goodness of your mercy and love on our dry hearts. Lord, that you would refresh us and renew us by the power of your Spirit. Revive us this morning that we would lift you, your name up high and that we would be lifted in spirit. And Lord, as we bring our praises before your very throne, help us to do it in both spirit and truth. And as we give our offerings, help us to do it cheerfully and generously, because God, we are so thankful for all that you've provided. Oh Lord, we love you. We look forward to what you're going to do as you meet with us, and help us not to miss you and what you want to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
us this morning.
I'm not sure when I was going to share this today, but <clears throat> I was thinking I was going to wait till the business meeting, but I feel led to do it now. Someone has been led uh, by the Lord to share with my family and I some cash money a couple of times, and I just wanted to thank them for being faithful to how God has led them because it's been a blessing to us. So thank you, and thank you, Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes will not perish they shall have
have your Bible with you or you want to pull it up on your phone, I invite you to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. We'll begin reading there in a few moments from the, the 19th verse of the chapter down through the 24th verse. But I want to just tell you this morning that it's kind of an exciting morning because we are going to go on a treasure hunt. Now if I had said that, any other circumstance, you would think, well, we need some equipment. We need a map. You know, you always need a treasure map because on that map, what, X marks the spot, right? And you need a shovel because they always have to dig. You might want a metal detector so you could make sure you didn't miss anything valuable. You'd want to carry something with you to bring things back, so a wheelbarrow or a wagon or maybe even a truck. And the idea of a treasure hunt just fills our, our mind with wonder and excitement and just the, the thoughts of what might be, because treasure is exciting, because it's, it's valuable, it's, it's treasure. But we need to come back to reality. We are going on a treasure hunt, but it's a different type of treasure hunt. We, in fact, won't be leaving the building, so you can put your purse down. Um, if you've already gathered your things, you don't need a shovel. Metal detector is optional, and when we search for this treasure, hopefully we'll find our heart to be in the right place, a heart that's filled both with the love of Jesus and the love for, for others, a heart that finds joy and satisfaction in things that please the Lord. And as we look at this section from the Sermon of the Mount, I hope that we come away with a better understanding that devotion to, to Christ and, and love for others lead to a life of satisfaction and fulfillment. As we commit ourselves to Christ and His ways to live as, you might say, citizens of His kingdom, that we are empowered and called to live a life that is different from the way the world lives, but it's a life that is full of both joy, satisfaction, and the opportunity to live life to its fullest. I want us to read these verses together, then we'll pray and we'll look at several different things as we work through the, the verses this morning. But in verse 19, Jesus begins with these words, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. Your heart will be. The eye is the lamp of the body. 
So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Lord Jesus, as we focus on your words and your teaching, we ask for your spirit to give us understanding that you would teach us this morning, that we would truly learn where to place our treasure and that our heart would be devoted to you, that we would love you with a love that loves other people and that we would find meaning, satisfaction, and fulfillment in your purposes and in you alone. So teach us this morning, and we trust you'll do it, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So on the the back page of the the bulletin, which I think is tan today, you'll find five um, brief statements that have blanks to fill in, and I already know because one young man told me this morning that he is going to work to fill them in this morning. And so I'll do my best to give him the right words to put in the blanks. And the first thing that we need to see from what Jesus said is that we are to store up heavenly treasures, not earthly. So we store up heavenly treasures, not earthly. It really is a question that, that it's a thought that leads us to this question. Are we living our life for God's kingdom? See, one day long ago, Jesus gathered together a crowd and he, he preached to them on a hillside around the Sea of Galilee. And he, he taught them what it meant to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. He talked about a kingdom that was altogether different than the world that they lived in. And as we read those words, it, it still brings challenge to us today. Radical thinking in even in our world and in this world that we live in filled with darkness and hopefulness our neighbors around us need to see you and i christians living according to the way of jesus that we would be as jesus said salt and and light in in our world and when christians live out these principles when they live out their faith in real life it points people toward Jesus. But the world we live in is full of challenges and is a battleground for our hearts. And what, would I, what in the world would I mean by that? Well, for one thing, the stuff of this earth, money, possessions, hobbies, things that we do, the things this world offers it's fun. They're, they're pretty. They're desirable. And it makes us feel good to know that we have money to spend and things to use the way we want to, to use them. And while there's nothing wrong with money or having possessions, how we choose to use them matters. It's important. And so with this in mind, Jesus teaches his disciples that they should be sure to store their treasure in the right place. You see, in verses 18 and 19, he gives 
two commands. One is positive and one is negative. And we'll look at the negative first and end with the positive. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, the phrase literally is do not treasure up treasures. Now, what in the world could that mean? To treasure something in that context would be to place something somewhere. Think of it like accumulating stuff or even hoarding something. One person said it's just a selfish accumulation of goods. Piling up stuff. Now, saving for a rainy day is a good idea. It's prudent. But constantly gaining more and more, living for ourselves without considering the needs of others is not only a a bad idea, it's contrary to what the Bible teaches. And the problem is that as we gain more and more stuff, our possessions begin to take possession of us. Because, let's just face it, they're enticing. Our human nature desires to have things. And the pull that they have is subtle over time, but it's very powerful. And over time, it grips us. And it gets more and more difficult to escape from the bondage of it until it affects every part of our lives. And so Jesus says, do not store up treasures on earth. Don't get caught up in the game of just trying to acquire more and more without a purpose. But he gives us a positive alternative that we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. That the right things should be stored in the right place for the right reason. And these treasures in heaven are are things that have value in heaven. It, It can't possibly be money or stuff because The Bible tells us that heaven is a place where the streets are paved with gold. And we know that we won't be able to take anything with us into the next life. So it doesn't matter what the bank balance is or what you have in your garage. It's staying here or somebody else is going to take it. It's so much more than giving things away or using your money. See, when we store up our treasures in heaven, it's using our time, our resources for things that impact God's kingdom, that would be for the benefit of others and would bring honor to the Lord. And we store up those treasures in heaven through our loving obedience to God, that just by simply being obedient to what the Bible teaches, we store up treasures in heaven. So in just the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5-7, through Jesus teaches that when those followers faithfully endure persecution when they stand for the faith in the midst of hard times that they're soaring up treasures in heaven when they give to the poor when they pray in secret when they love their enemy just to name a few all of those things store up treasure in heaven but there are other examples that we could mention serving others with an eye on eternity not with a a goal of gaining something for ourselves, but for impacting others. So when you you share something with other people from what you have, share a meal, give something away, you're storing up treasures in heaven. When you sit with someone who is sick or, or lonely, you're storing up treasure in heaven. 
when you speak words of encouragement or even correction toward a brother or a sister, you're, you're storing up treasure. When you spread the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying world, you're storing up treasure. And we could go on and on. But just to summarize that, heavenly treasures are, are things we do on earth that have an eternal significance. Things that, that matter beyond our lifetime. John Wesley, one of the Wesley brothers from England, said the real value of a thing is the price it will bring in eternity. And there will be a day when our works are, are judged and we will see what is wood, hay, and stubble and what is gold and precious jewels, what stands the test of fire. And so the challenge we have in the world we live in, regardless of what our income is, is to not become so concerned with accumulating stuff on earth that we forget about heaven and eternity and that we don't lose sight of serving people around us. And so to help us understand why we should store up treasure in heaven and, and not on earth, Jesus gives us a very practical reason. And the second thing you see in your outline is that one will last and the other will not. Another way we could say that is why would we waste time on something that is only temporary? I was reading yesterday about something that happened every year until COVID in 2020, and that was the American Sand Sculpting Championship held every year in Fort Myers, Florida. Ten-day event right there on the beach where sand sculptors from all over the world gather together. So just think the very best sandcastle builders in all the world would gather together to build these amazing sculptures out of sand right there on the beach. You can look up pictures online and it's amazing. They build castles and animals and peoples all out of sand. But you know, one day eventually, after they're finished, the tide's going to come in, the wave's going to roll in, or some mischievous child is going to come knock it all down. It's not going to last. It's pretty to look at, but it's not made to last. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about, that earthly treasure is attractive, but it's not lasting. It's a temporary investment at best. If you look at verse 19, he says, the reason we don't store up treasures on earth is because moth and rust destroy it and thieves break in and steal. We know that moths like to eat certain types of fine clothing like wool and silk. We know that rust and decay can affect metal and wood. And anything of any value is susceptible to theft. And no matter how much caution we use, every earthly treasure that we have will disappear. It's going to be eaten by bugs, it's going to rot, or it's going to be stolen, or it's going to be left behind. So why in the world would you chase after something that would pass away when you know that heavenly treasure would last forever in a place where moths and rust can't destroy it and where thieves will never break in and steal it? A good principle to live by is that a sound investment is a good way to use your money. 
you put it in a place where you know it's safe and hopefully over time it can earn you a little bit of interest. You contribute a little bit to it as you go along and hopefully one day you gain a return and you live off the, the benefits of that. But the best investments are heavenly investments because they're 100% guaranteed. They're protected. Nothing will ever take them away and they promise to have a benefit that is eternal blessing and rewards that no one could even begin to imagine. Let me just briefly contrast two women that are rich, but very rich in different ways. If you follow the news, you may um, know the name Mackenzie Scott. Um, She's the ex-wife of Amazon. Oh, I mean, she's the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon. And she's in the process of giving away her money. And she's giving it away by the billions. But she's excluding any faith group that stands on the truth of Scripture. She's, um, she's been very generous, but if anyone stands on the truth of the Bible, they are excluded from her, her generosity. And she's given away a ton of money, and she's just getting started. But I want to contrast her with a name you may have heard that is local. Her name is Tilly Bergen. Tilly and her husband, 35 years ago, founded Mission Arlington. Tilly was inspired by her dad, who owned a gas station there in Arlington for years, and after they had went overseas and served as missionaries, her dad asked her the question, why can't you do missions here in Arlington? And so, challenged by those words, Tilly and her husband started Mission Arlington, and she is in her 80s and still ministering. Now, I give you those two examples because one of those ladies is going to receive a reward on earth, and the other one is going to receive a reward in heaven. And we have to be very clear that only the reward only the treasure in heaven will last. And so to help us further along in understanding, Jesus turns from this example of treasure that lasts to connecting our treasure and our hearts together. And the third thing you see in your outline is if you find the treasure, you find the heart. Jesus said it this way, look at verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Another way you could say that is, our heart follows what we treasure. There is a noticeable, easy to follow trail, connection between what we value and our heart. See, in the in the Bible, the heart is much more than that little, that large organ that that pumps blood through our circulatory system. It represented our our mind, our will, our emotions, what we think, what we want, how we feel, who we truly are on the inside. That's our, our heart. And God's desire for you and for me is that we would love Him with every bit of our heart, all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Nothing less than wholehearted devotion and that half-heartedness will never work. And so the location of our heart 
is connected to what we value the, the most. Think of it this way. If we value things on earth, then our hearts will long to remain on earth. And if we value the things of heaven, our hearts will long for the things of heaven. So here's a question to ask yourself, to help diagnose this area about where you may be putting treasure. Where do I spend the most of my time? What do I do? What do I spend most of my time doing? Where do I spend most of my money? Where do I focus my energy? These questions could maybe possibly help you start to to find where your heart is. Because we can be busy accumulating things on this earth, or we can be about the Father's business investing in the things of heaven. In fact, Jesus told a story, a parable in Luke chapter 12 that, that helps us that there was a dispute over dividing an inheritance. And they call Jesus in. They want Jesus to help. And Jesus gives them a word of caution. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he goes on to tell them a parable about a, a man who has had such a good harvest that he has no more room to store crops. And he comes up with a brilliant solution. I'm just going to build more barns. Today's language, I'll rent a storage building or get another storage building or get a bigger house and be able to keep my stuff. And he says that he had plenty of good things laid up for many years. He was fat and happy with what he had. And Jesus tells us that the, the Lord speaks to him and says, that that night his life would be required of him and what would happen to all his possessions. His time on earth would end and where would his possessions be? They would be left on earth. And then verse 21, Jesus says, So it is, so is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. See, you remember those two ladies early um, earlier, Kelly Bergen's rich toward God because her investment is heavenly. The other lady is, is rich in the eyes of the world, but it's not going to last. But what could it mean for you and I to be rich toward God, to invest in heavenly treasure? It means that, that our hearts are, are tuned to, to God's plan and purposes. We, we do our best, even though we're not perfect, to, to live for Him and to do the things that please Him that our hearts are, are touched by the needs of other people. That we don't just say, uh, let somebody else take care of it. That we do what we can with what we have. And that we more and more find our identity in Christ and not in our possessions. Revelation 14 tells us that the good deeds of believers will follow them to heaven. Nothing else will. And so here's a principle. Put your treasure where you want your heart to be. I'll admit it's not easy. But if you struggle in this area, and most of us do, just confess the challenge to God. Be honest. Tell Him, this is a challenge for me. Commit to His 
process, which will usually involve removing things from your, your life, changing your focus from one area to Him, and then believe that this is an area that Jesus can bring about change. Because the things of this world, if we're not careful, can steal our hearts away, but they can also cause our lives to be out of focus. The fourth thing you see there is that worldly treasure blurs spiritual vision. In verse 22, Jesus says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Now he's using the eye, Jesus, to represent our, our mind. So it's, it's a metaphor. That the focus of the eye represents what our mind pays attention to or focuses on. And he gives us examples of both a healthy eye and an unhealthy eye. And the healthy eye is fixed on Christ and his kingdom. When our eyes, our human eyes, are working properly, they can easily focus on a single object. And we can enjoy the brilliance of color, the excitement of details. That's why some translations call it a, a single eye instead of a, of a healthy eye. That we can easily focus on a single object. And with that eye, we are called spiritually to fix our eyes on Jesus and to set our mind on things above. And the person that can see with a healthy spiritual eye is spiritually healthy, and they're represented in the Bible as people that walk in the light. So you have this contrast between bad eye and good eye, between darkness and light. The Message Bible translates this verse this way, if your eye is pure, there will be sunshine in your soul. Eyes are the window of the soul, and if your windows are clean, light can come in, and that light brings revelation and hope. But in contrast to that healthy eye, he gives us the example of a bad eye or an unhealthy eye. An eye that maybe has double vision or blurred vision. The word there for bad can be taken either, either way. But we can know this for sure. When our eyes don't work like they should, things aren't clear. If you try to focus on more than one thing at a time, your eyes don't work very well. Um, I was playing around with this yesterday. I wrote that sentence, and I was just looking at things on my desk to see if it was true, and, and I think it was um, for the most part. You know, we can focus on one thing very well, but, you know, you, it's really, you can't focus in two directions more than once with your physical eyes, and it's even as difficult with your mind. As much as we like to think we can multitask, that if we divide our focus, we, we suffer. And so in verse 23, Jesus says in relation to that, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So we could say that love for earthly treasure makes it difficult to see the things of God. It blocks out the light. It obstructs our view. 
when the things you want, the things you desire are in your life, it is difficult to see spiritual things because our mind is focused on something differently than it should. So think about this question for a minute. What, what attracts your attention most readily? And what is there in your life that keeps you from seeing Jesus more clearly? What, what's blocking your spiritual vision? Because it, it's possible to become so focused on the things of the earth that we are blinded to spiritual things. Theologian John Stott wrote, it's this way, if our spiritual perspective is correctly adjusted, then our life is filled with purpose and drive. But if our vision becomes clouded by the false god of materialism and we lose our sense of values, then our life is in darkness and we cannot see where we are going. So if we're not careful, earthly treasure will not only cloud our vision, eventually it will control us. And in response to this, Jesus tells his disciples, and it's the fifth thing, fifth thing on your outline, that you can only serve one master. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money, or your translation may have the word mammon there. And in some and most translations, I believe it's capitalized. Now, it's possible in life to have more than one boss if you're an employee, more than one person that you are accountable to that can come and say, hey, I need you to do this, or why don't you do this, or you got a raise, hooray, or you're fired. However, a slave can only have one master. That's what Jesus is talking about, that in that case, there was only one person that would receive devotion. It couldn't be divided between two people. That it would be impossible to love and honor two different masters. You would only serve one with your life and not the other. You will choose who you you would choose who you would serve. You can't serve both, even though we try so very often, don't we? Sometimes we find ourselves in the place where it's all about God and Jesus on Sunday, but then by Sunday afternoon the feeling kind of fades a little bit, and then by Monday morning it's back to work and school and stuff. And the world owns the rest of the week. And then Sunday morning, we wake up, the alarm goes off, and we hit a reset button. Some people try to do it that way. Others live with the false idea that it's God with their words. Oh, all the words that come out of our mouth are, you know, glory to God. This is for God. I'll do this, and I'll do this. And on the inside, the heart is cold and distant. Say all the right things, but just don't live differently. And then there's the struggle of trying to have a half-hearted commitment to both. 
well, I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to stay in the world at the same time. And you find out that those are two footpaths that quickly diverge and you can't walk on them both at the same time. See, none of those three things would work. You either serve the Lord or you serve something else. So how can we tell what we are serving? Another writer, David Guzik, says this statement, you will sacrifice for your God. If you, if you will sacrifice for the sake of money, but will not sacrifice for the sake of Jesus, don't deceive yourself. Money is your God. So we will give up time. We will give up resources. We will make a way for what is important, for what is our, our God, what we serve. So what captures our heart and fills our mind, ultimately, that's what we, we serve. And there's only two choices. There's things that won't last, money and treasure from this earth, or there's the things of eternal value, following after Jesus and the things of his kingdom. One leads to emptiness, discontent and darkness. The other one leads to fulfillment, satisfaction, and light. If we were to put this on a brochure, my gosh, the choice should be so easy. Why would you pick this one when this one is so much more value? We just don't see things often enough from the heavenly perspective. And all this brings us back to what we said at the beginning, that devotion to Christ and love for others leads to a life of satisfaction and fulfillment. That we find joy and hope in, in a heart that's devoted to Jesus. A mind that's set on not things of the earth, but things that are above, and with a, a servant's heart that's ready to serve the one true master. And here's the key. I, I saved it to the end. How in the world do we reconcile these two things? How do we put ourselves in a position that we can focus on heavenly treasure, not earthly treasure. With everything in our faith, it starts with Jesus. He reads these scripture from beginning to end. You find that he is the greatest treasure. There's nothing in this world that compares to the Lord Jesus. And when we seek him first, everything else falls into place. you treasure Jesus today and tomorrow and the next day then over time you will begin to focus your heart on the things that he focuses on because he's the one that is not only Lord over everything but he's also the one who said of himself I am gentle and lowly of heart and if you yield to him he's not going to just knock you down and knock you out. No, he's not going to disappoint you. He's a good and gentle shepherd. And he's the key that unlocks real life. And it's only in that life that you find your purpose and your fulfillment. And apart from him, there is absolutely no satisfaction.
just want to end by reading some lyrics from a song it's in our hymnal you may have heard it before I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold I'd rather be his than have riches untold I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land yes I'd rather be led by his nail pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your willingness to meet with us this morning. We thank you for the truth of your word. And that when we measure our lives up against the truth of it, we quickly realize that none could stand but we do acknowledge that you stood in our place on our behalf and by faith in you we stand righteous before our holy God and the question we're asking you to help us answer this morning is where is our treasure are we treasuring you are we treasuring the world are we storing up treasures here on earth? Are we storing up treasures in heaven? As we pause, as we listen to your, your voice, it becomes evident, crystal clear that we have much ground that still needs to be surrendered to you. Have hearts that need to be cleansed, lives that need to be reformed. And so, Lord, I'm asking on behalf of myself and your people that you would show us this morning what is our first step. For some, it will be just taking a step toward you, a commitment of faith, of not trusting in their self or trusting in the things of the world, but trusting in you. So, Lord, I thank you that today is the, the day of salvation. For others, that first step is to lay down something from this world. Something that's blocking our view of you. Maybe it's a lot of something. Or maybe it's an attitude in our mind of, of just selfishness, greed, that you need to deal with. Maybe it's just fear. Fear that if we don't keep our stuff, that you're not going to take care of us. And Lord, help us to see that we can't put our, our hope and our trust in our stuff or in our bank account, but only in you. Or maybe the step for us this morning is to just take another step of obedience and to learn to trust you more. That you would encourage us in our generosity to be even more generous for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, and we know that you will, but God, more importantly, we ask you would help us to focus our hearts and our minds to hear your voice this morning. Can you speak clearly and help us to hear with hearts that are ready to respond? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen sing together in, in just a moment as we, we stand and, and listen.
asking God to help us to see if our treasure is in the right place and if our heart is where it should be. We respond to the Lord today by trusting Him as Savior and Lord, yielding your life to Him, and renew a fresh commitment to living in a way that would speak of His kingdom and bring Him glory. Maybe it's the the day that God just says, I want you to plant here and you've decided to be a part of our fellowship and, and join with us. Or maybe it's just to lay a burden down and ask the Lord to, to lift you up in his gentle arms. Would you join me in standing and as we sing, trust that you respond as the Lord speaks. to worship with you this morning. Just a reminder, everyone is invited to stay for our, our fellowship meal. Um, it just takes a, a few minutes after service to get some chairs pushed out of the way and get tables set up and the food ready, but we do hope you will, you'll stay and eat with us as, as our guests and enjoy um, food and fellowship. And then after that, we'll have our, our quarterly meeting. It's been good to be in the Lord's house today to see your your smiling faces, and I just pray that as the week goes by that the Lord would show you His value and worth and help you to see the, the value of storing up treasures in heaven. We're going to sing a song, and then when the music starts, um, you're dismissed, but please stay for the lunch. So let's sing together. My lighthouse.